Welcome to Monsters and Mixers, the spine-chilling podcast guaranteed to quench your thirst for all things spooky and one thing drinky. Can't get enough of paranormal or true crime stories? Then this is the place for you. We are your hosts, Amy and Emma, and each episode will feature a new story and a new cocktail recipe to help calm your nerves while you listen. So grab your ingredients, pull the covers up tight, and prepare to be terrified by tales of the darkness among us. Today we have a very special episode for you. Our very first spritzer. What is a spritzer, you ask? A spritzer is a mini-episode featuring true stories from us and our listeners. We still haven't had any listener submissions. My guess is because you're all still shy. So I'm going to start us out. During each spritzer episode, the drink will be the same. A spritzer. So grab your favorite wine. Mine is currently Moscato. Super fancy stuff. From a box. Courtesy of Franzia. And sparkling water, ice, and fruit to garnish if you feel fancy. Um, I was going to add some blueberries to mine, but I didn't make it to the store, so instead I am having a Moscato and black cherry, or blackberries, or blackberry ice mixed together. It's quite delicious. And I'm having Moscato and black cherry sparkling water, I believe. It is pretty good. Tastes like cranberry juice, kind of, oddly enough. Gravitated a little more toward my um, happy place with the drinking. I am a wine buff and by wine buff I mean I like box wine a lot um so the last few drinks I've well that's a lie I enjoyed half of our last few drinks uh this is way more in my wheelhouse so I'm going to probably sip a little more than I have been yeah I like it it's very I don't think I've ever had like an official spritzer but it tastes kind of like a um mimosa minus the orange juice yeah a cheap mimosa. <laughs> and the water is the sparkling part of it, as opposed to the champagne being the sparkly part. I like it. I'd give it a 10 out of 10. So, um, getting into the spooky spar- spart- spooky part. See, this is what happens when I get into my happy place with the wine. Getting into the spooky part of the story. For those of you who don't know me personally, I have seen, felt... Or heard ghosts in pretty much every house I've ever lived in. And I am putting myself out there. I know half of you will think I'm crazy and the other half will be intrigued. But it is something that I have dealt with my entire life. Yeah, not only you, but a pretty large portion of our family has experienced things as well. Yeah. Um, I will wait until I have permission from them to share their stories, but Emma's right. There are lots and lots of um, stories I could tell you about people in the family who have experienced their own tales of hauntings, Um, but we're going to let those marinate for a bit until we get that okay. I don't want to make anybody mad and get booted off of a Christmas card list. (laughs) Uh, What is the first memory you have of seeing or feeling a ghost? I would have to say it was probably when I was three or four. Um, my mom and birth dad were married at the time, and we lived in this house in Taylorville with my great-grandma. She had one of those really old houses with an attic that was converted into a bedroom to allow for extra living space. Downstairs, it was 
pretty much just her bedroom, the living room, and the kitchen area. Um, it came in pretty handy because there were five of us and we, like I said, we moved in with her. Um, my dad, I believe, was working at the slaughterhouse in town and uh, they were really young parents, really newly married and didn't have money to venture out on their own. Um, it was a pretty house. She kept it up really, really well. She liked to crochet, so there were all of these lace doilies all over the place. Um, you don't have grandparents that do this, but it was a thing for a long time where they would knit or crochet lace doilies and put them on the armchairs and the back of the couch and it pretty much like underneath the lamps and it just there was lace doilies everywhere. Some of you guys are shaking or nodding your heads in agreement because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, she took really a lot of pride in keeping her house up to the best standards possible. So it always looked really clean. It was clean. Uh, smelled amazing because she always was cooking something delicious. Most of the time it was her chicken and noodles that she rolled out on the counter time and time again. Uh, just made batches and batches of them all the time. So it was a house that should have smelled and felt very welcoming. And despite how clean and good it smelled and felt, I always had an uneasy feeling there. It, I remember from the time I would get out of bed upstairs until I came back up and went to bed, I was always looking over my shoulder. And I hated the narrow steps that led up to the attic with every fiber of my being. I'm fairly certain I dashed up the stairs at light speed or down the stairs at light speed every single time. Um, that is when I actually went up the stairs because most days I would stand at the bottom squinting and peering up into the darkness waiting for an eternity for someone else to come by so I could go up with them. I usually didn't go up or down by myself because I was petrified. The way down was almost as bad as the way up because both of them ended into complete darkness. On the way down, the stairs ended in this laundry room that never ever had a light on, no matter what. I feel like Grandma never did laundry, I don't know. Um, she was never in there. She's doing laundry in the dark. Yeah, or she was in there doing laundry in the dark. Um, I don't know. I guess partly my little brain would imagine all sorts of monsters hiding in the room and Every time I would come down the stairs, I would like peel out real fast to go around the corner to get in the into the kitchen because I always knew someone would be in there and I would be safe once I got around that corner. Um, despite though how nervous and scared I felt, I never really saw anything, but I always felt like there was somebody just right behind me always. And to the point where I felt like I could feel breath on my neck and I was always turning, like I said, I was always looking over my shoulder and always expecting to turn around and one of my sisters would be there or someone would be there and I had a constant feeling that there was just someone some boogeyman something that was gonna be right behind me always you think maybe you were just a scared little kid um I mean I thought that for a long time but then I realized just kind of doing some like self-evaluation and things that I really didn't have a concept of ghosts at that time I was much too young um, I can, thinking back, remember the exact moment I became aware of, like, scary things and ghosts and spirits, and it was when I was, like, five or six, and I was sitting in the living room watching Thriller, the Thriller video. It had just came out. I had no idea what I was watching, and, you know, there's Michael Jackson dancing around, and all of a sudden his eyes are green and he's wolfing out and it scared the living hell out of me 
and my <laughs> I scared the living hell out of my mom who came running from the bedroom into the living room and we were in a different house at the time and got really mad because I was watching something that would scare me and I remember her telling me at that time you know about scary things and I think that was when she like introduced the concept of ghosts and things and told me not to be doing those scary things and why are you watching that and so I think before that I was just kind of living the carefree life of a kid oblivious to all things scary do you remember when you were first told about ghosts I mean Sadly, it was probably much sooner than my five or six because I'm your mom and I, I'm sorry. Um, I don't remember necessarily the first time I was specifically told about ghosts, but I remember the first time that I had the living hell scared out of me. when I was probably like three and I was at our old house and we had like a computer room and I remember this so vividly because I think it was the first time in my life where I ever felt genuine fear. Um, but my mom like called me down to the live, the computer room and we had like your old like desktop computer sitting there and she was like, watch this video. And I still to this day cannot find the specific pop-up video that she showed me. Why do you keep saying she? <laughs> like I'm not here. What? I'm just telling a story, sorry, that you told me or showed me. But, um, it was, like, cartoony, if I remember. Like, there weren't, like, real people in it. And you're supposed to, like, watch this cat that was, like, sitting in the back window. And they were like, just focus on the cat's tail. And it was, like, ticking back and forth, like, a little, like, Microsoft Word animated thing. And within, like, a minute, like, I'm, like, staring intently at this screen. And the scariest, I don't even know what the picture was, or I don't think it was that typical Reagan from the Exorcist <laughs> pop-up that everyone has. I don't remember But it was. was loud, and it was terrifying, and all I wanted to do was look at a cute little cartoon cat. And that was probably the first time that I ever, one, peed myself, and two, experienced legitimate fear. Um, but the first time that I remember being told or learning about ghosts was when I watched Paranormal Activity in fifth grade. So it was probably like nine. I was probably like nine years old, ten years old. And I'd watched like scary movies before that, but it was like the Lost Boys and stuff about like vampires and mythical creatures and not like things from real life footage perspectives that seem very real. And I watched it with you on our couch with one of my really good friends at the time. And it scared me so bad that I had to sleep in my little sister's bedroom for, like, five days afterwards. Like, the nightmares that I had from that were terrifying. Like, probably night terror level. That's the first time I was like, oh, there can be, like, invisible things <laughs> that, like, scare me. I don't even have to actually see it. And they're going to make me super strong and I'm going to toss somebody across the room. Yeah, I'm going to kill my husband, maybe, <laughs> from it in the future. Well, I'm glad it was... Not until you were nine, because I was really thinking you were going to say something much worse, and I'm super sorry I traumatized you when you were three. I still feel really bad about that. Um, I don't think the video was quite as scary as your three-year-old brain made it. Well, it probably I'm wasn't that scary to you. I was three. <laughs> I literally like had no... I, my brain wasn't even developed yet. The only movies I'd seen were The Grinch, and that gave me nightmares at the time. Like, I, let's just say I've hardened my outer shell a lot since then. That's good. But that was my first dive into being genuinely horrified. Oh, goodness. All right, so this story we're going to talk about today isn't about my grandma and Taylorville's house. It's about our house. 
Love that. Yeah. So <laughs> hopefully you won't be sleeping in your sister's bed again tonight. I will not be doing that. I don't think she'd be as welcoming as she once was. No. So your your dad and I, um, I think I've told you the story before. I'm sure I have because I've told you most of the stories. Um, for those of you who don't know us personally, we do still live in this house. And no, you can't come and investigate. No. Um, We've done that our own. We don't need to do it anymore. We have. That's for another day. Another spritzer. So, um, we were super young when um, your dad and I bought this house. You were almost five, I believe, and the twins were getting ready to turn a year old. So, our main reason for wanting to buy the house was so you guys could have a nice big yard to play in. And the schools around here are super great. So, we wanted you to have a nice school to go to. Yeah, which we did. Yes, you did. So when we first moved in, everything was completely normal and boring. Um, that During that time, your dad went to work during the day, and I stayed home with you guys. And then we'd switch, and I would work at night, and he would stay home with you. And for anyone who has currently or had in the past small children, you understand the tremendous dent that can put in your pocketbook paying for childcare for children. So to help curb this, we worked opposite shifts for lots and lots of time. And I didn't even mind it for a long time. We each got our own time together. And then I feel like one day the house woke up. What do you mean by waking up? Um, it was like one day the switch was flipped and all these crazy and scary things started to happen all at once. And I feel like there's some truth to when you start working on houses, if there's a presence there, it maybe gets a little... Disturbed. Disturbed, yeah. Um, maybe confused, and maybe that's why things happen. Tussled. Yeah. So we were doing some minor renovations in the fall. And I um, have always wondered if that maybe was what was a catalyst for the events happening. Um, for many years, we were after this first initial awakening uh, everything was super quiet until the fall every single year and like late august or september the house would start acting up again and your dad and i would begin joking about like i said august september about oh great the house is going to start acting up again and it usually did and i don't know if it was the energy was stronger during that time or if something i don't know yeah, I've heard of that happening at other places, um, especially if something tragic happened at the location during that particular time of the year, even at, like, times in the day. Like, yeah. there are a lot of stories in which things don't start happening until, like, 3.05 at night, every night on the dot. So kind of because the whole witching hour concept, Yeah, but too. even like I've heard just, like, hour. such random things, like, 6 in the morning, like, yeah. like clockwork, that's when things start getting weird. Um, so why don't you describe the general layout of the house to everyone so they can kind of have a visual image as we tell the story. Yeah, so when you come inside, I feel like we're just giving people like a way to case our house if they <laughs> want to rob us, but um, when you come inside, there's an initial like landing and the house is split level, so you can either go upstairs or you can go downstairs. And um, when you go upstairs, there's like a small family room to the right, straight ahead's the kitchen. To the left is the hallway where me and my siblings' bedrooms are and one of the bathrooms. Um, at that time, my parents' room was also upstairs. 
Um, so my siblings were sharing a bedroom. I had my own and then my parents had one upstairs. But if you go downstairs, that's kind of like our main living room with like the TV and stuff. It's a big one. Um, I don't know if at this time the wall was still there, but there used to be like a wall that separated the two rooms between. And um, there's a bathroom down there and like our utility room that leads out to our garage. And then to the right was like my playroom, which is now my parents' bedroom. Right. So the first thing that I remember happening in the house was um, when this crying started. And I know... Some of you guys are probably thinking, well, yeah, you had three young kids. I'm sure there was crying in your house. And I get what you're saying, except for this crying would happen in other rooms of the house when I was in a room with the kids. One day, we were all upstairs in the living room, and we were playing with toys because we did that all the time. Like, I would get a bunch of toys, and we'd all sit down, and I hear this heartbreaking horrible crying, sobbing, like somebody's heart was just broken into tiny little bits. And you guys are all sitting there playing, not really paying attention because I don't think your brains were even, you know, cognitive of those kinds of things at that point. And so I was worried that somebody was hurt. And first thing I did was I got up and I peeked out the curtains to see if somebody was outside. Maybe they had fallen over on their bike or there's a kid like missing their parent or something no one was outside so then i made sure you guys were all okay and i ran down to the basement to look out the back sliding door to see if somebody was out there hurt same thing no one out there either i then came back upstairs and i looked in every single room out every single window because you can kind of get different vantage points and i could find nothing at all so last thing i did was i even went out to the garage and checked just to see what was going on and The weird thing I remember about it was that no matter what room I went into, the sound stayed the same. It never got any louder. It never got any quieter, more quiet. Um, So I was like, I don't know. And eventually I just said, okay, somebody's outside and I just can't see them. I hope they're okay. And I went back to playing with you guys. Did that happen often? It did. Um, Although it seemed to happen to your dad a lot more than me. For some reason, the house always seemed to be more active at night, like we were talking about, you know, certain times. Um, And specifically when only one adult was home. So since he was home alone at night the most, he would hear it more often than I would. But for the longest time, I didn't know that because neither one of us told the other what we were experiencing. And I, looking back, I think maybe we were kind of embarrassed and didn't want the other to think we were having some kind of a mental lapse. I can understand that, especially if you've seen any scary movie in which, like, one of them is experiencing things and then they tell the other person, it's like, wow, you're crazy. Yeah. Like, even in the paranormal activity movie that I just um, talked about, like, he was like, you know what, we're not leaving this house because you're just seeing things. Mm -hmm. Um, But when did you finally tell each other and who told who first? Um, I told your dad first about a month after. Sorry, let me swallow my Moscato. About a month after the first crying event. And the crying at that point had been happening so often that I had actually kind of started to completely tone it, tune it out. And I'd almost written it off as like it was a neighbor kid who just cried a lot. Yeah, except none of our neighbors had a baby or a little kid at that time. No, actually, um, all of our neighbors had zero children or grown children. So, yeah, um, that is very true. 
Um, I didn't know that at the time though, because we were still pretty new to the neighborhood. I'm not this way anymore, but I used to be really shy. And so I didn't really know any, anyone in the neighborhood that well. Um, surprisingly though, with the crying happening all the time, it wasn't what I told your dad about first. I used to work really late nights at the restaurant and bar. I used to work at the good old Casa Gallardo. Um, when you guys were younger, because it was good money and had the flexibility, like I talked about. And one night when I got home, I went upstairs to the bathroom to take a shower and get ready for bed. And my old manager at Casa, Sandy, can confirm this story because I told her about it the next day when I came to work. My nightly ritual was to wash my face and then hop into the shower. And so I was standing at the sink with the water running when the light over the bathtub, which was away a little bit, suddenly went out um it was pretty fast like someone switched it off and then quickly realized they still needed it and clicked it right back on i didn't really think a whole lot about it because we had only lived there a few months at the time and it wouldn't have been <clears throat> too crazy or out there of an idea for an old house to have some electrical wiring problems so i made a mental note to tell your dad to call an electrician the next day and finished with my shower as it just so happened though I was on a string of super late night shifts at this time. So the next night I came home, same time, around 3 a.m. We were talking about the time thing. And I began my nightly ritual again. This time I was getting my hands lathered up to wash off my mascara and the lights or the vanity went off. And they went off once and right back on. So I'm not, as much as I am a true believer in everything, I'm not quick to rush to everything that happens as a ghost. I usually try to find some reasonable explanation. So my first inclination was the bathroom, the entire thing must have a short and we needed to get somebody in there ASAP to fix it before we had a fire. It's also important to note that the bathroom lights both have two separate light switches so they aren't on the same current. Yeah, they aren't on the same current which is exactly why I was afraid about a fire because it would be not that abnormal to have a light switch and an electrical outlet be bad, but to have two totally separate ones was kind of uh. um But I was tired. I had worked all day, I had, or all night. I would hung out with you guys all day. And I knew that if I didn't get to bed soon, because you guys had already been sleeping for a long time, if I didn't get to bed soon, I was only going to get maybe three instead of four hours of sleep. So did what I had to do and went to bed. And the next night I was off and was able to go to bed early and that night we were both home or up at the same time and nothing happened um but i told your dad about the second issue and he was gonna go ahead and call somebody soon to have him come in it must have been a relief when nothing happened were you still thinking about it just a sh or were you just <laughs> were you still thinking it was just a short at that time sorry <laughs> words are fun i definitely was thinking it was still a short um until the next day and so I had my day off and then the next night, same thing, get home about 2.30 or 3, um, go into the restroom, take my shower, standing in front of the mirror, trying to decide if I really cared enough to take my makeup off when the vanity lights go off and then back on. And it wasn't really like the times before because there was almost an intentional pause this time where it was like something wanted me to make sure my eyes weren't playing a trick it's like if something was saying hey i'm here you know every night you keep ignoring me 
I'm going to do it a little bit slower so you know that I'm actually here. And it scared me really bad because it had so much intention behind it. And so I ran the short distance from the bathroom to the bedroom and jumped. And I mean, literally jumped into the bed with your dad and jumped in so hard that he woke up and rolled over and asked me what was wrong. And so I started telling him about the lights again and I woke him up so he was not very patient and was kind of irritated. And I will never forget the look on his face because he started to kind of like, you know, not really scold, but kind of, and tell me, Amy, there is nothing wrong with the bathroom lights. They are fine every time I'm in there. And literally, as he said the last words, they're coming out of his mouth and both of the lights in the bathroom go off and then back on. And it was like same kind of intention that happened to me when I was in there. It was like something was saying, oh yeah, there's nothing wrong with the lights. The lights are fine. Watch this. And yeah, that's the creepiest part to me because clearly if there was something paranormal happening, they heard him say that and they were like, oh, bet. Like, mm-hmm. I'll show you that the bathroom lights are fine every time you're in there because I want them to be. Yeah. Um, but did you ever have anyone come check the wiring? Nope, never. Um, it never happened again. After that moment when your dad said that, and we've lived in this house for, Jesus, at this point, 18 years, and that light switch, neither one of them have ever had that happen again. Um, after your dad witnessed the lights going off and on, that kind of broke the silence pack we had where we weren't telling each other things, not knowing we weren't telling each other. And I started telling him about the crying and he started telling me that that had been happening to him every single night while I was at work. And it was pretty much the same story. He kept trying to track it down and couldn't find it. And he would go up and down the stairs a couple times a night thinking one of you guys had gotten out of bed and was hurt and needed him and you'd all be sleeping and You know, you would almost think that telling someone something and finding out that they shared the same things would make you feel better. But if anything, it made me a little more afraid because I couldn't just blame it on me, just misunderstanding or or mishearing or being paranoid or whatever. And I think I was a lot more alert after that and started to pay more attention to the house and all the things that were happening. think your dad did too because he began to tell me more and more about encounters he had and things that were happening but we said this was going to be a short episode so we're going to talk about that another day um but i have always kind of been curious i never asked you the many times we've talked about this if um even though you were like around five i think do you remember ever hearing the kids crying i don't think so but that doesn't mean i didn't i that was a long time ago and I very easily could have heard that, but, um, I don't think so. I don't think I did, but honestly, maybe I wasn't supposed to. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it could be just intentionally. I don't know. Just <laughs> for us. frequency so high that younger yeah. people don't hear it. <laughs> maybe. I mean, it's possible. Um, I really wish that were the end of our haunted house story, but we have much, much more to tell you. Um, Yeah, but we will have to wait until the next spritzer. And in the meantime, thanks for listening to the Monsters and Mixers podcast. Don't forget to like and follow us, leave a rating, and share your stories. See you next time when we dive into another terrifying tale and concoct a new delicious drink to wash down the horror. 
Now get out there and meet some ghosts. And make some toasts.